She shouldn't have worn that dress. She shouldn't have drunk that much. She was asking for it. He secretly enjoyed it. They're just kids. I'm probably just overreacting. It was a joke. Don't be such a drama queen. Let's talk about it. Hi guys, welcome to the second episode of Overreacting the Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Ceriso, and every week we are overreacting to important topics regarding intersectional feminism. This week I wanted to tackle the topic of victim blaming because I think it's a really important topic that many people have a wrong idea about or a more fixed idea, but it's not actually the whole picture. And I want to show it to you by telling you how victim blaming starts at a young age. Trigger warning to everyone who's triggered by rape and sexual assault. I'll be mentioning it every now and again during the episode, so be warned. Firstly, what is victim blaming? Victim blaming is when victims of crimes or tragedies like sexual assault or domestic violence, sexual harassment are blamed for what happened to them, as if they've brought it upon themselves. While the hashtag MeToo movement from 2016, created by the incredible Tarana Burke, fights victim blaming actively through the, we've seen all those posts of hashtag MeToo, the whole case with Harvey Weinstein, etc. The problem with victim blaming is that it induces the idea that, that victim blaming affects you only when you're a teen and an adult. That's the wrong idea that many people in society have because victim blaming starts earlier, already at an early age. People start hurting other people and we've seen that through bullying and harassment with kids already in elementary school, maybe even kindergarten. There were so little, those little acts of um, mischief and wickedness that just harm other people because the human being already at an early age tries to keep control of situations and objects and start being possessive because that is the human nature and apart from that we also know that everything in school is basically what happens later in life everything that society is is displayed in school so hurting others begins at an early age and with that also victim blaming starts there's three types of victim blaming that i want to talk to you about in this episode the first one is the more general type of victim blaming that affects anyone of any gender. The second one is more gender specific. And the third one is more of a third person perspective victim blaming. Are you in there by yourself, Beaverly? Or do you have half the guys in the school with you, huh, slut? I know you're in there, little shit. I can smell you. No wonder you don't have any friends. Which is it, Greta? Am I a slut or a little shit? Make up your mind. You're trash. We just wanted to remind you. Such a loser. Uh-huh. One of the first phrases that as kids we hear when we are confronted with bullying and tell our parents about it is, yeah, they're, they're just kids. They're going to grow up. Don't worry about it. Or even worse, that they won't take it seriously. And that is problematic. That phrase is basically blaming the victim. It's shifting the responsibility of the perpetrator's actions onto the victim. That bases itself because generally people tend to see that it's easier to go around a problem than facing it. And because it's more comfortable that way. A reason why 
many parents and adults sadly say things like it's just kids and stuff is because number one they've gone through it too and have normalized the idea of being bullied I mean, if you ask your grandmother, have you ever been bullied in school? She's going to tell you yes, because it's just become part of childhood that you're going to be bullied. I would even go so far and say that everyone has been bullied before. I mean, I remember the first time I was bullied. I was in the school bathroom. I was in elementary school, I think first, no, second grade. And a girl was like had accosted me in the bathroom was like are you scared because I was stepping backwards as she was approaching me and I was like okay thankfully she didn't hurt me anything so my bullying has never gone over words thankfully while many other kids go through you know violence actual physical violence next to verbal violence which is way more painful than physical violence but you know so yeah we've all seen it I, I want to give you a moment of reflection on your own bullying in the past probably have been bullied too I'm introducing throwback Wednesday where you remember when you were bullied in school great I think this generation so generation Z with the internet they've becoming aware of more things like it's wrong to be bullied and the values are very important and so it's the, the younger generation that is like waking up in a way and that creates that empathy gap between parents and kids. The empathy gap is when the parents have the inability to understand what the child feels. And I think that's many parents today. And through this normalization of the idea made by parents and adults, they indirectly take the bully under their protection and make the victims think that they are misunderstanding something or that they're exaggerating and they should just endure it because it's a normal thing. Like, you can't do anything against bullies to stop them because they just exist. It's something that we need to take for granted when we go to school. And this intimidates the kids from speaking up because they think like, okay, it wouldn't bring anything if I speak up since the bully won't change and it's something that happens. And that leads them to be afraid to put the bully or themselves in trouble over nothing or over something that is normal. And that mentality of the normalization of bullying basically leads, lastly, to the victims being scared of ruining the bully's reputation since they're just kids, right? They're still young. They can't change. Because when parents say it's just kids, it's basically saying they could have a second chance to change. It teaches victims and people in general that the perpetrator's reputation of well-being is way more important than your own because they deserve a second chance. And if you destroy it for them now, then they will never be able to change. So it's your fault if they are not able to develop into a better person. Do you think I encouraged him? Do you think you encouraged him? I don't know, Ross. Since the ball, I can't rightly say if anything I do is right or wrong. What must I do, Ross? How must I behave? You know very well how to behave. I want to talk about the gender-specific victim blaming because that one's the one that makes me the most angry. It's being a girl and growing up, hearing this sentence over and over again. And by this phrase, I mean, well, they're boys. He probably just likes you. Or boys will be boys. That was the phrase that I grew up on when I was bullied by a boy. The problem with, well, they're boys, he probably just likes you, is that it teaches girls that they need to be patient with boys. 
and that they should be grateful that boys are giving them attention instead of standing up for themselves because they're feeling bad. And this all goes back to how girls and boys are raised differently. The girl is raised to be mature, caring, polite, and responsible, while the boys are allowed to be mature, irresponsible, and rude. Obviously, I'm not talking about all boys, but many. And this, like, just destroys the whole idea because not every boy would do it. So you can't say all boys, when they like you, they will treat you badly because it's not true. So it goes back to individual boys and to individual education. This idea that girls need to be grateful that boys are giving them attention or that they need to be patient with boys, this leads to so many more problems. Because number one, it romanticizes abusive love, a relationship for girls, because it teaches them that if he hurts me, he loves me. You know, if he says these things to me, if he hits me, then that means that he likes me. And girls start getting a wrong idea, an absolutely wrong idea of what love should be. And so they romanticize this behavior and start deepening that idea of boys will be boys. And this displays itself into victim blaming for sexual assault. I mean, since women are seen as the responsible ones, they put men's feelings and their reputation over their own because, you know, you need to be patient with boys. They're the one who need to be excused, who are wild, in brackets, obviously. And, you know, and then it, it goes down to why should you ruin the lives of promising young men? Why ruin their whole future possibilities and career for just one mistake that goes back to their being not capable of, of acting responsibly? An example would be the drunk thing, right? The drunk thing is used in different ways depending on the gender. Because when a drunk man rapes a woman in a bar, for instance, that is considered a mistake he committed. You know, he was drunk. He didn't know what he was doing. And then the opposite. When a man rapes a drunk woman, then suddenly it's the woman's fault that she didn't see it coming that rape could happen to her if she was drunk. In the gender-specific victim blaming, it is used for excusing boys' behavior and holding girls accountable instead. A few years ago, some boys were catcalling me. This woman told me it was my fault because my shorts were too revealing. So I went home and I cut them even shorter. Because fuck them. Good. Why should you have to change your behavior because of what they did? Exactly. The third type of victim blaming that I wanted to talk about is third person victim blaming because this one has happened to me as well. Third person victim blaming is when a third person, an exterior person, maybe a bystander, blames you for what happened to you to excuse they're not stepping in. But that I mean people that, for instance, experience a child being bullied and don't step in and then afterwards say, well, you know, they didn't fight back, but they didn't seem bothered by it. So I didn't think I needed to step in. And that is third person victim blaming. If you've done it, um, please next time don't do it because it makes the victim feel like crap. Personal experience that happened to me. I was once bullied and um, one person saw it. And afterwards, when they were asked like, yeah, why, why, why didn't you do anything? They said, oh, well, she didn't seem bothered by it and she didn't seem to speak up about it. So I, d I didn't think I needed to step in while I literally fought against the bully and said, bitch, stop, clearly. And it made me so angry to know that afterwards, that person who had observed it said, yeah, she didn't try to, f to fight back. 
And I was like, if you don't want to step in, okay, personal decision. But don't blame me for you're not stepping in. Because that is where I get angry. And I'm gonna go and kick your ass for it. If you know who you are, be careful, okay? I know where you live. I'll find you. I will hunt you down and kick your ass. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Like, I understand why there's people who wouldn't want to step in, which is, for instance, you know, they wouldn't want to get in trouble themselves or, you know, how people say it's always the helpers who are the ones who get hurt in the end. So I understand why they don't want to do it. But please don't do that anymore. Please be supportive or just, you know, stay out of it. But don't blame the victim. At this point, I want you to kind of think about which of these three types have affected you. I can tell you mine, the ones that affected me were gender specific one and the third person victim blaming. What about you? Tell me in the comments or on Twitter or on Instagram at overreacting underscore pod. And now I want to talk to you about the consequences of victim blaming. What um, can come out of it? Obviously only bad stuff. Number one, the one that's the main thing is that people tend to internalize pain and suffer in silence and can lead to the decrease of mental health and maybe even to depression and anxiety and it can get also to self-harming societal thoughts or even generally suicide if it gets very far as we've seen because that is the story of bullying every time we talk about bullying we always look at suicide rates and that has to do with victim blaming because if victim blaming didn't exist if there were enough parents and enough supporting people do you know how low the rate of suicide would drop i mean think about it honestly think about it like victim blaming leads to the suicide rates that we see in every bullying prevention campaign and stuff in school and sexual assault awareness rape awareness we always say yeah talk to other people communicate talk about your feelings cry yourselves out show your emotions but in the end when it actually comes to where bullying starts we don't try to change the perpetrator We work more on what the victim can do to prevent being bullied instead of stopping people from bullying other people. This not supporting victims and survivors, it reinforces victims and survivors to not report things like rape and sexual assault cases. Solutions are complicated in this case because solutions, as we've said before, if you go to a campaign, they'll say, talk to other people and, you know, be open, communicate. But it's not easy like that. Firstly, because people are intimidated by approaching other people since they're afraid that they'll be blamed for their own bullying. And that because of it, only the person himself or herself or themselves can stand up to the bully. Because it's their decision to make and not somebody else's. Since only they know what's right for them. But that is dangerous. And that's not something that everyone can do. Because you cannot expect from a person who has grown up with the mentality that they are supposed to put others' comfort over their own to be able to stand up for themselves in front of the bully. That's just impossible. It's like putting somebody who has never learned to swim in a swimming pool. They could be capable of swimming, but they don't know how to swim. And the problem is that bullies rapists abusers i can go on they all know this they take this ideology of normalizing bullying and you know rape apologists and victim blamers to their advantage by feeding on the weaker people the people who they know would never be able to stand up for themselves because they know that they will be able to get away with it 
That's how power works. It's having power over the other person. And apart from that, also bullies tend to have each other's backs more. And also they are the ones who are able to talk themselves out of things easily. So how do we solve this if the majority of the population has that mentality in them? And that is number one. If we go on to the gender-specific victim blaming, boys need to be taught to be more sensitive and need to be held responsible for their actions. Girls, at the same time, have to be taught to speak up when they are uncomfortable and don't have to be afraid to put the other person in trouble and that their own feelings are valid. They need to stop thinking that male validation is the most important thing on the planet, even more important than their own well-being. Teach your kids, teach your kids, teach your kids. It's showtime. We cannot wait for bullies to change for themselves. So parents... And adults, you gotta tell your kids or a person who's bullying someone to stop everything what they learn in school. That's what they become. And if you're never telling your kids or your students or whatever that it's wrong to bully another person, they will never stop. They'll keep hurting other people. They're gonna think, okay, we're unstoppable. So they'll keep harming other people. They think nobody has ever said stop. Everyone's gonna always blame the victim. So let's do it. Let's keep harming people. Tell them stop before it's too late. Please, adults, start noticing that your kids aren't just kids. They are people in progress. They are people who are going to be the future. Please make them treat others with responsibility. If you've taken that little throwback moment that I did earlier to think about your own bullying scenes, think about do you want your kids to go through that too? feeling like crap for what they're doing to you and number two feeling powerless of not being able to do anything if you are then set your foot down and stop the cycle stop supporting the mentality of helping the perpetrator instead of helping the victim so lastly can a person who has grown up in this victim blaming environment and mentality learn to stand up for themselves yes they can It will be hard because everything is easier said than done, but they can. They will need to unlearn all the shit society has implanted in their minds, but it's totally possible. And it starts with education. Not only you, parents, not only you, teachers, society itself, and also your friends. If you see your friend bullying another person, tell them to stop. Don't laugh along. Don't twiggle your thumbs and hope that they will change. Because if you don't tell them to stop, they will never change. So step your foot down, please. To all survivors and victims, it's not your fault. You were not responsible for your own rape. You were not responsible for your own bullying. It's not your fault. It's their fault. The fault of the bully, the fault of the rapist, the fault of the cat collar is their fault fault don't let society make you think otherwise because you deserve better so this week i want to recommend you a really fantastic film that is fits just perfectly with this episode i've watched it yesterday until 2 a.m in the morning so i've deprived myself from sleep to recommend this to you guys so please make sure that you watch it and it's called promising young woman that came out 2020 great year by the fantastic, phenomenal queen Emerald Fennell. It was her directorial debut, which I think was just, wow, incredible for a debut. And it's really perfect because it's basically about a woman who every week goes to a bar 
and she acts as if she's very drunk and then she waits for good guys to take her along to their homes with the intentions of uh, taking advantage of her as she's drunk and then right in the action she she catches them on the spot and humiliates them incredibly such as stopping them from picking up drunk girls and wanting to take advantage of them so why is it great because it just perfectly shows how we really tend to protect rapists more than victims now this film is more specifically on uh, sexual assault but it can be applied to anything so everything that we've talked in this episode bullying and and it's just incredible it has incredible plot twists incredible quotes that are just wow you can watch it on Amazon Prime. I know, I know, you have to buy it. But it's really worth it, believe me. It's a revenge thriller. But it's also comedy. It's, it's a mix, and it's really good. So, please watch it. It's really, really good. Don't fucking cry. Tell me what you did. I didn't do anything wrong, though. She dropped out. Top of her class, and she dropped out. I did, too, to take care of her. The two of us gone. You graduated magna cum laude, though. Did you ever feel guilty or did you just feel relieved that she'd gone? You know, I was affected by it too, okay? I mean, it's every guy's worst nightmare getting accused like that. Can you guess what every woman's worst nightmare is? Yeah, so guys, I hope you liked this episode. It was an interesting episode. I think this one is a very one I'm very passionate about because it really hits home. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions and you want your question featured in any of these episodes, you can write me your questions on Twitter or you can send in a voice recording of your question. And once again, I managed to include the name of a podcast in this episode. Victims are not overreacting. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.